How does it make you feel, Nick? I don't know. Yellow. <laughs> Ye- yellow? <laughs> Colors. I'm red with red red with rage. White hot rage. Uh, I'm feeling green with envy right now. Oh, really, guys? Okay, yeah. I'm feeling blue. Blue da ba That's me. ba da yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll hit it, Mike. Welcome to the Song Topsy Report. This is what we do here. Uh, we dissect bad, bizarre, noteworthy music to figure out how it died. I am your host, Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm Rainbow Steve Trollinger. <laughs> so multifaceted, Steve. Uh, yes, yes, we are here uh, with a... I'm, I'm very excited for the song that we're covering today. Uh, Mike was the primary researcher, and the song holds a very near and dear place in my heart, as well as I'm sure the hearts of many, I guess, millennials, maybe Gen Xers. The song, you know, holds the biggest. How could you not love this song? This is 90s all over it, man. This is this is what the 90s is about. This is the kind of feels. Nick, Nick, I'm, I'm craving it. Can we, can we get a little taste? Yes, we can, Mike. Yes, we can. Oh, and who says uh. they don't write good lyrics anymore? <laughs> That's right, folks. It's another one of our coveted Song Topsy Mike Russell episodes where Mike Russell finds a song you couldn't think anyone could talk about for 20 minutes straight that we turn into an hour-and-a-half-long extravaganza. <laughs> I really like to stretch things out, Steve. There's, you know, enjoyable things like blue. I mean, I use, I mean... Wait, I, when you I say enjoyable things in, like <laughs> blue, you mean just the color or the song? <laughs> I meant the song, Nick, but the blue, the color... I mean, I love the color blue as well. My eyes are blue, snowflake blue. You know, the sky is blue. It's uh, <laughs> Yes, that's right. Your eyes are very blue. I haven't seen them in person in so long. Nick, soon you'll get to stare right into them. Once <laughs> once all these vaccines <laughs> When I wake up and you're looming over my bed. <laughs> and I ask how you got in here. Coughing in my face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm building your immunity. Technically, right? <laughs> if it doesn't kill you. Um... Here lies Nick. It killed him. <laughs> But Mike, yeah, uh, I'm yeah. not good. I don't think we have time for us to go into the whole aspect of what doesn't kill me makes me stronger is a historically incorrect proposition. We uh, digress, though. All right. Yes. Yes. So before we dissect into this classic body moving electro dance pop hit, let's learn some more about our artists from Eiffel 65. OK, wait, Mike, what the hell is this song called? The song is uh, called Blue in parentheses. Da ba di. I can't wait to hear what that means in Italian. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. Because these uh, we are we are dealing with a trio of Italian dudes here. That's what Eiffel sixty five is made up of. Uh, We got Jeffrey J, our lead singer and lyric writer, who came up with the ingenious da ba di. Uh, We got Maurizio, uh, Marizzo, more or let's call him Mori. He goes by Mori. Uh, Lobina. Maurizio? Maurizio? Mar- he, he's Italian Mori. Uh, you're not <laughs> the father. 
Okay, that is, okay, That's, I can remember that. I can associate that. There you go. And then he's a, he was the keyboardist, and he actually the creator of the catchy beats in in uh, in blue. Okay. And DJ Gabri Ponte, um, who and I can't wait to hear what his contributions are. If the other two already took care of the lyrics and the music, <laughs> well, he's the DJ. I, I think he mixes it all together, right? <laughs> he supplied the craft services. Oh, God, Godfrey, this is one hell of a pizza bagel. You think they served that at Crafty? Yes, yes, Mike, they're Italian, so they just ate pizza bagels. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you're, the, you're the Don Rickles of our, of our time <laughs> with your close call ethnic stereotyping humor. <laughs> so, uh, so listen, so, uh, so Eiffel 65 came into existence when Jeffrey, Maury, and Gabri... Uh, I'm not Gabri, G A B R Y. How would you say that? Gabri, 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 Gabby. Let's call him Gabby. All right. So, so uh, Jeffrey, Maury, and Gabby all met up uh, while working for the Bliss Corporation, which is also the label that uh, was released for Blue. Uh, they became, and I assume, some sort of evil organization <laughs> devoted to coming up with super secret drugs that secretly control the minds of the populace. Gee, I mean, Steve, you know, I never thought about it like that, but... Why would you call your company the Bliss Corporation unless you were secretly doing evil things? I can't argue with that. It's too it's too blissful. But um, they were working, like, working for them as, like, interns? Yeah, so they were, like, they were, you know, they were all doing their own stuff. Like, uh, Maury was, he was, like, playing piano. Um, Filling out and- the paternity tests. <laughs> His problem was that nobody he was working with uh, liked dance music. He really liked the dance music, right? And then, you know, Gabri was a DJ. You know, he was he was doing all sorts of remixes. And and Jeffrey was, you know, he's he was a singer. So they were all working at the Bliss Corporation doing their all colleagues probably helping helping produce these different songs for the label. Right? So uh what happened was under the auspices of Doctors Doom and Octopus, I assume. <laughs> Maury, what is said due to boredom, made the beats for Blue, right? He, More like Bory, am uh, I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> the band achieved considerable success from the Blue song, okay? This song is what started the band. It's why, and it, and it, was, uh, it was the first song the Bliss Corporation got to release outside of Europe, Okay. Did amazing in Italy, obviously, because these guys were the Italians. It peaked, so it was part of the album Europop, and it peaked in the top five on the Billboard 200 and in the Billboard Canadian albums. Blue peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100. It got to number one in the UK and in Germany, and to number, oh, only number three in Italian. Huh. Well, and wait, you, uh, Mike, you said this, <laughs> the, the name of the album this was from was Europop? Europop. That's yes. the most perfect name. Like I feel like, especially in America, if you were to associate the Europop sound for a lot of people, it would be this. I don't know. It'd be like if, uh, like Pitbull released like an album called Trashy Hip Hop. It would be no. the exact same thing. <laughs> Just be honest with your uh, with your album titles. Exactly. Or if Ted Nugent's first album was called Bad Taste. Or Weird Al's first album, <laughs> songs you've heard, but funnier. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Europop, perfect, perfect name. Can't well, argue. And, 
Speaking of names, um, it's funny how they speaking came of up names, with... we've been saying all of the artists. One's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the name. Uh, it's funny how they came up with the name Eiffel sixty five. Yeah, I'm curious. So while I was digging up some information, I came across an interview that Jeffrey J was having with Vice in 2014, and the guy asked him, "How did you come up with the name Eiffel sixty five?" Jeffrey goes. We were producing a lot back in those days, and we noticed that we were wasting a lot of time trying to find names for the new projects. So what we did was we took a week or so to create as many new possible names as we could. We made a database on an Excel sheet that we were fetching from time to time. <laughs> and when Blue came out and we fetched Eiffel from the list, and that was it. And then what happened was... We had the label copy of Blue on our producer's desk, and he was writing down a phone number... And he went over, it went over the paper he was using and ended up on the label copy. So the last two digits of the phone number were six and five. So the graphic artist thought we put that in our name afterwards. And it was a real curious way to get to that. I, you know, that's the kind <laughs> the of... The music industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. No, I, but Steve, I love that. I love the serendipitous going with the flow of it all. Like, like in, the, in the cosmic sense, that was what their band name was meant to be. The 65 adds that extra little bit of specificity. You can't try to control the universe, Steve. You just take what it gives you and roll hey, with it. Hey, that's, that's not what the good people at the Bliss Corporation believe. Oh, no? Okay. Bliss can only be achieved by conformity. Well, uh, well, speaking of just going with the flow and nonsense happenstances and randomness, it's really these guys... Here's our show. <laughs> Here's our show. But uh, Maury, uh, the keyboarder, Sarah... He actually says, that, okay, I was saying this earlier, he was making the tune out of boredom, and he asked Jeff to make up the nonsensical lyrics where this is where I believe the Dabba D comes from, you know? Um, but in this same interview, it seems that Jeffrey J found a lot more meaning with the, the rest of his lyrics, though. Because uh, when asked about the lyrics for Blue, he goes, it speaks of something I believe in a lot. I think that everyone has their own color, you know? They filter their entire lives with that color. So the things they buy, the houses they buy, the people they want to see, the places they live, the cars they have, they all reflect that color. It's incredible that everyone has that. So I use the metaphor. It's a way of saying with my filter, I have a blue house, a blue window, etc. And boy, that, that can speak on a whole bunch of different levels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it could you say so. I well, I think uh, nowadays we are seeing um, people are very finding a lot of pride in where they've come from, and and who they are, like from the like from the from the roots, right? And celebrating that and what that is. Right? From roots, dabu di, dabu die, da dabu di, dabu die. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I, I do honestly agree with that. Now, I, you know, I just hope all of these beautiful colors can all mix together one day, and we, and we get like a sickly greenish brown color, which is always what happens when I was in school and I would mix every color together. <laughs> Actually, if all uh, the uh, if all colors of the you know visible electromagnetic uh, electromagnetic spectrum bled together it would be white that's why white 
like light is white because when you separate them out into their different frequencies, that's where you get the different Roy G. Biv colors from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I know that, Steve. Yeah, yeah, we're taking Steve. paint. We're talking about paint. We're talking about real colors. We had actually the light spectrum. Okay, Sam Loomis, and black is the absence of color. It is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is chromatography. Welcome to the chromatography report. Well, where we dissect colors in the visible light spectrum to figure out what they are. All right. Well, on that note of <laughs> color spectrum and light reflected, why don't we really start dissecting into the color of the day, which is blue. A dissection is imperative. Yo, listen up. Here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue. Like him inside and outside blue him. All right. So we got a little guy here in his blue world. I love this. I love this top annotation here. This person is blue, <laughs> and blue is the way he sees things. Yes. Once again, genius lyrics really coming through. Uh, but Mike, you were saying? Well, <clears throat> it's funny. You know, this song uh, to me is both very happy and very sad, depending on how I guess how you're feeling when you're listening to it or what you're taking away from this. Like you know, blue. Has the, uh, you know, when you're feeling sad, feeling lonely, feeling down, feeling blue. Oh, I'm feeling blue today. So if this guy, if you took it like that, and he's blue, and he's in a blue world, and all day, all night, everything he sees is blue, so he doesn't have any rose-colored glasses going on. It's just all blue. It's all sad. It's all shitty. And his house is blue, and he's got a blue little window. He doesn't have a big window that he can look out at. Oh, man. He's just looking, looking through his little tiny window. Um... He's got Corvette, though. You think that's pretty cool, but when you think Corvette, do you think blue? He probably couldn't afford the big windows because he spent the money on the Corvette. Wait, so if if he's blue, and blue is the way he sees things, and everything around him is blue, then he should have no idea what other colors are. Yeah. Like, he has no frame of reference for things that are not the color blue, so the color blue is actually meaningless. It is no color. If it's the only color... Color is defined by its comparison with other colors. It's like his whole white balance is off shifted. Yeah, yeah. It's just what it's yeah. just what it is. You know, it, it makes me think he's in a bubble. He's in a blue bubble. A blue bowl. <laughs> but like, is that a good thing? I don't think he's happy. Uh, no, we can we, we can dissect more into that as we get through the song. But I you don't think the guy from the song Blue is happy. Why don't we keep going? No, no, no. Your theory, your theory is fascinating. Please extrapolate further. Keep playing the song, Nick. All right. So, tiny window, big car, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. In an outside, blew his house with the blue little window and a blue Corvette, and everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around, cause he ain't got nobody to listen. I gotta say, this first verse is delivered with the cadence of someone like like a fourth grader reciting from memory a project they forgot to bring, but they kind of remember what they wrote, and they're just kind of going on about it. My summer was great. I went to the beach with my mom, and then I saw a crab on the beach. Blue was the crab's name, and then we went to the restaurant. We had a good time. I had lobster, and it was good. It's that kind of just... <laughs> Really trying to pull what they were off the top of his head. Uh, who was this guy? Yeah, he was a guy. Uh, he had this house. 
with a window. He had a car. What kind of car do you have? A Corvette? <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, I you know, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a I was going to say a dumb pop song. I don't necessarily want to disparage it in that way, but they Why just are you they, hating? Well, they say like him inside and outside blew his house. Like you could say blue is his house. I don't know if they just couldn't fit that into oh, the cadence. You know- you know, Nick, it's a damn shame these bilinguals, uh, people who are perhaps their native tongue was Italian and learned English as their second language. Which, you uh, know, which I obviously give everyone the benefit of the doubt on that, but it's but their accents are really good and everything else seems to be perfect. So I think I can chalk this up to laziness. Also, I like how you just transformed people who are bilingual into their own separate ethnic group. These bilinguals... <laughs> And I like us. They know too much. <laughs> Communicate too vastly. God, it's so sad. O- only in America, really, is like being bilingual an odd thing. But, uh, uh. but St- Steve, to your point, because you were saying if if uh, if Mr. Eiffel, I don't really know who the who the protagonist is in this. If they see everything is blue, then nothing is blue, which I get. But also, they can still be aware that everything they're seeing is blue. Even if it's like it's like a blind person, even if you were born blind, you know that you're blind. You, If you are only seeing blue, you can also be aware that what you're looking at is actually blue. Well, first of all, Nick, I think I'm going to go out on a limb here, the thinnest of branches, and say that the protagonist of this song's name is Blue. <clears throat> actually, it's funny you guys bring this up. I wasn't going to talk about this yet, but... Uh... As we go through the music video, you're going to notice an alien. <laughs> he's a he's a blue alien. Oh, I remember that. I remember that stage direction in Twelfth Night. There's going to be in parentheses, "Hearken unto me, Olivia." In parentheses, there's going to be an alien. <laughs> so, uh, it follows. Well, you know, as we go through this, we'll be watching this alien dude, and you know, because Blue was so popular, and these guys must have had so much fun doing this music video. This this blue alien shows up in three of their music videos in uh like a uh, body moving and I'm lucky. Uh, uh his name is Zorotolo Kuikeo. Uh, oh my god, Shushkek. all all of the furniture in Mike's apartment just started floating. Also, that's bullshit cuz that's that's just Zargonian for blue. <laughs> yeah, what a cop out. Wait, well, act but they, they call him Zoratol for short. No, that's great. Every good band has got to have some kind of mascot. Like Iron Maiden has Eddie, the skeleton. They got the blue alien. Uh, and just so I, so the listeners know, it's Zoratol Kui Keo Shushik the fourth. Okay? He's the fourth. Okay, a hell portal now open behind Mike. Mike, oh. Mike, <laughs> get, a, get some paper. Mike, get some paper towel. Back Your to- eyes are bleeding. Oh, God. Mike somehow found the Ring of Solomon on his walk home tonight. <laughs> it's the funniest thing, guys. This ring shows up. Okay, no. I can um, talk to animals and understand the language of demons. <laughs> They're actually pretty insightful. If you, you know, give them, a, give them five minutes. Where were we? Let's get back into the song. Let's do it. I'm
I truly can't understand why this is so memorable. It's it's nonsense, but you'll never forget it. You like it it almost entrances you, you know, and it brings you in and the beats going and you got that and it's it's so repetitive. Uh and then when he, they just start going. Like they say I'm blue and then da ba dee ba da. So my problem now with this narrative that they've developed for us is I don't I don't want to hear it from this guy. I don't want to hear about how sad and monotonous his life is. He is literally traveling from planet to planet. He is literally gone on the greatest possible adventure that there is. He is in the midst of interplanetary travel and he's telling me about how sad and monotonous his life is. That's bullshit. You know what I would give to just get teleported into a starship and travel to places that I would never have been able to go to in my lifetime and experience alien worlds and civilizations? And this fucker is so... I, my blue Corvette is too blue. Fuck you. Uh, I've got this great car, but it's the same color as everything else. Fuck you. Um, I'm so bored. I guess I'll go into space now and go on the adventure of several lifetimes. Oh, also, I'm immortal. Did I mention that? And I'm the wealthiest man in the universe? He didn't dis- Gosh, I'm so blue. Whoa, 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 Steve. You are... You are creating a whole a whole fake bio on this guy. Yeah, we just established he didn't decide to go into space. He was abducted. That sounds terrifying. We don't know what what uh Zoratol has in store for him. You just told me Zoratol is the protagonist. He is the one who is sad and blue, but not apparently not because he is an alien who can travel to different planets. Well, let's learn more about him. Yeah, let's see what bodily fluids he wants to harvest from blue. <laughs> lyrics and in the music video there's a lot happening and none of them has anything to do with the other yeah what a sad colorless life this person leads they're just traveling to other planets getting into laser gunfights <laughs> with a alien abductors it's so sad and monotonous their fucking life ah uh, yeah the guy's even got a girlfriend what's he complaining about you can be unhappy in relationships like in that one specific example <laughs> maybe but but when you look at the collectively Okay, maybe his windows aren't as big as they could be, but he's got a Corvette. He's on an intergalactic adventure. He's got a girlfriend. Um, but She's so blue. She's so blue, Nick. She's bluer than everything else. Well, then maybe that's sad. Maybe they're both depressed because he said he ain't got nobody to listen to, so he can be in a relationship with maybe a non-receptive partner who is also going through her own shit, and maybe they're not happy together. You know what, Nick? So she's sucking the life out of him. Is that what you're telling me? This woman is in his life so just, just every, you know, he tries to do something new. She goes, what are you doing? We're blue. Don't you know what we are? We're blue, goddammit. I don't think necessarily that. You take that red Corvette back and you go get the blue one. The red one costs more on the insurance, and you know this. I mean, I, it could just be as easily him sucking life out of her. I mean, can you imagine being in a relationship with this guy when he's, like, 
you don't know when you're going to see him again. He's getting abducted every other weekend. <laughs> so blame the victim, Nick. Wait, wait you that? two have both lived in New York for a long time, right? Yes. Have Have you ever, like, been awake at, like, 2 in the morning, and, you're, you're, like, the TV is on, and a, an advertisement for a gentleman's club called Gallagher's comes on? I don't actually have live TV in my apartment. So, no. Gall- Gall- what happens at Gallagher's? No. I feel like I bring this up once a year on this show. There is that at, at like two a.m. two to like in the morning, like right before most TV stations go completely off the air when you're like playing like Frasier reruns and shit like yeah. that, Golden Girls re- reruns. There are there's this local New York gentlemen's club. I think it's actually in Queens called Gallagher's, and they run they ran the same commercial for like ten years, and it's this music video. It is like two terribly computer-generated aliens in a terribly computer-generated alien spaceship speaking a gobbledygook alien language. Is like, and the subtitles are all about like how uninteresting things are watching Earth people from space. And then they switch to a station, and it's a strip club, and it's a strip club called Gallagher's, and oh. they're watching the strippers in Gallagher's, and they're like, oh, well, this is much better. Let's go to Gallagher's. And then they fly their spaceship <laughs> to the strip club and then beam down, and they're, like, sitting in chairs with, like, drinks and Mai Tais getting lap dances, and they're terrible computer-generated alien creatures. That's what this video is. I would love to know... That's what this video reminds me of. I would love to know what advertising consultant they went with who pitched that to them. Okay, guys, we got it. We got a whole post-production house. We can make the the best aliens to show up in a strip club. I don't even know what that would look like, but I'm definitely looking for this commercial as soon as we're done recording. Yo, what would you do if you had a strip club... And all of a sudden, like, like a five-armed alien got up and tried to get on the stripper pole. But like, and the bouncers were like trying to get involved, but they were a little nervous because it's a, you know, intergalactic higher being. I mean, from an evolutionary perspective, the fact that he has an odd number of arms leads me to believe that one of those arms isn't an arm. <laughs> but it's still gripping the pole, <laughs> like a prehensile tail. Can I just say, Mike, the thing I think I love the most about doing this podcast is I truly never know what hypothetical questions I'm going to be answered going into it. It's a new surprise for me every time. I think I get up and try to dance with them, too. At this point, the rails have come off at the strip club. Like, <laughs> It's fucking Sebulba from Phantom Menace. <laughs> yes, so... Uh, Possibly depressed girlfriend slash intergalactic space battle. I also, by the way, I, I, by the way, I just realized I told the story of Gallagher's Strip Club exactly like this song tells stories. <laughs> so I like that this second verse is the same as the first one, except he changes the perspective. It goes from the third person to the first person. Yeah, yeah. He he, he name drops that he's got a Corvette twice now. He's really forcing that humble brag. Do you think uh, Corvette had something to do with this song? They part of the Bliss Corporation. I I don't know. I mean, basically... A wholly owned subsidiary. Corvette's like, man, we really need to sell some more of these cars. We need to get people thinking about Corvettes. I don't know. 
I mean, but based on how you said the songwriting process worked, they were just kind of spewing nonsense, right? Like this, this wasn't an expected to become a hit song. I'm assuming. No, I think they were surprised. <laughs> we but, all were. But also, when you know, when when the firecracker goes off, you just gotta when the spark ignites. Uh, with the what's it called? Because baby, you're a firework. F- <laughs> no, flint. When the flint goes off you, and you get a fire, you you, now you got a fire, and you just gotta you just go with it. <laughs> now, now it's when camp it's, leader no. Mike explain how we start this fire. Also, I I hate to do this twice in an episode. Okay, did you guys when you were younger watch watch like TV during the summer when it was in like the middle of the afternoon on a weekday and all sorts of uh, like like commercials and infomercials were on. And did you ever come across one that was like the club hits of the nineties? It was I like, remember it was like is, is that the one where the girls love? are walking in the bikinis down the beach at like one o'clock I, in the morning? I don't morning? remember, but it's like what is what is love? It, uh, it's like everybody's free. Like that one, like that played like all of them and this one. Not that exact CD, but I remember so many of like, you know, power ballads from the eighties, and it was like on a you know, CD one CD that's twenty two bucks, but if you call now you get it for sixteen or whatever. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember this particular album with this on it and, like, other club hits, like, you know, uh, What is love? Baby, don't hurt. And, you know, like, everybody's free. free. Like, all of those. And for a day afterwards, I would, at little, like, 12-year-old me would be like, Blue, blah, 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 blah. My parents wanted to murder me. It's like foam coming out of your mouth. Blue, blah, 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 blah. So I believe we get into another lengthy section of the chorus after this, Mike. Uh, we do. And honestly, I think... No, I believe we've got one additional verse. Yeah, let's hear, let's hear that next verse there, and then... I do! Can... Wait, this is the exact same thing no, as the it, previous verse. Yes, yes, it is, Nick. I believe we are, we are probably done with new lyrics. Although I do love hearing the song um, and seeing them continue to beat up aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I was gonna say it's so. Oh, their lives are such boring trash. What with their ability to fire lightning bolts from the tips of their fingers and Hiduken fireballs at <laughs> alien. <laughs> conquerors while they try to destroy their ship from within so boring I, you know what you're right see these guys actually live a very exciting life both both inside this music video and and then outside of it in their own their own personal lives uh so you may be wondering what happened to eiffel 65 after this absolute charting this 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 banner here this this great electro dance pop hit um I wasn't. I was. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you anyway. It's uh, in 2005, DJ uh, G- uh, Gabby, <laughs> Gabri Ponte, that guy, he wanted to focus up on his solo career. You see, because uh, when the song became a hit in Italy and all over the place, and then uh, it was a, I already told you about this, first song that Bliss Corporation got to release outside of Europe. So, you know, pretty much they did three albums, 11 singles, and seven years later, and then Gabri was like, I, I got other cool stuff I want to do. So he starts doing solo work and he starts his own label called Dance and Love. And in 
2012, he produced a hit with Songtopsy alumni Pitbull. Uh, Recent Songtopsy alumni. And uh, yeah, recently. And uh, it called Be On My Drum, uh, featuring both Pitbull and Sophia Del Carmen. And that hit number 11 on the U.S. Hot Dance Club songs. Uh, so let's just just to give you guys a little taste of what Gabri does outside of Eiffel 65. I feel like you know what to do behind closed doors. I feel like you know exactly what to do to me. What to do to me. I want to drive you crazy, baby. Just let me. Please just let me. Because you're so, you're so, you're so damn sexy. So, so. It's, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I feel like Pitbull was really trying to fit a lot of a lot of words into just not enough. There was just not enough space for him. Are you sure he's trying to fit a lot of words? Because it sounds like the only word he cares about is the word sexy. So, 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 so sexy. Okay, well, then he's definitely not trying to fit a lot of words because he couldn't even think of any other adjective to sexy except for so, 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 so. Whenever I ask friends how they like the podcast, that's usually exactly how they reply. So, 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 good. So good, guys. Well, I'm glad he continued to find work after that. Well, you know what I love about this is I watched the whole music video, and, you know, it's got it's got these beautiful women dancing um, dancing around, having a good time. And uh, Pitbull singing is nowhere to be found in this music video. But Gabri, the DJ Gabri there, he gets in and he gets with the lady in the end. And I thought that was pulling a major producer flex. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> All the women are like, wait a sec, this isn't Pitbull. DJ Gabri, what up? Wait, so where was Pitbull? Was he did he even did he sing or do anything he's on sang, this? He's singing. But he's not he's in the music video. But at he's all, not in the music saying. video, yeah. Oh, okay. Gabri put himself in the music video. Sophia Del Carmen, I believe that's her. But yeah, Pitbull's not in the music video. I just thought that was really funny. Um Okay. Now listen, guys, I, I know you're probably worried about what happened to Jay and, and Maury. Oh uh, yes, please after, put my heart at ease. <laughs> After Gabri went off and did his own thing and was finding success. But don't worry. Jay and Maury, they started up Bloom's 06. And they made uh, banners like this one. Welcome to the zoo. Mike, I have to ask, how much more of this do we need to listen to? <laughs> Nick, you well, they're going to say that for the next 30 seconds, but why don't you skip to like 55 seconds then? <laughs> Mike, so, I, okay, I'm skipping ahead like 20 seconds. So help me God, Mike, if I'm still hearing. Well, look, I got 
gotta say, this is the friendliest uh, ticket puncher at the Bronx Zoo that I've ever met. But at the same time, I kind of just like to get into it. I yo, let's make a music video to this song. With that, the, just being the guy that's welcoming people that to the zoo. That the Bronx Zoo will not affiliate with in any way, shape, or form. We'll, <laughs> we'll just film you, Mike, handing out fake tickets. And we'll film you going, welcome to the zoo. Now, Mike, if I were to, let's say, theoretically, fast forward to like three random parts of this particular song, would I, in fact, hear, welcome to the zoo? Oh, <laughs> Steve, I really <laughs> want to find this out. I'm willing there to test a, it myself. Look, there's a good chance you'll hear "Welcome to the Zoo," but let, there are other words. I promise you. There's, there's a oh, and they're beautiful. They are. <laughs> Nick, hit me with the random spot. Okay, Mike, that's one. <laughs> I'm gonna skip to another random part of the song. Yeah, there'll be a chance for us <gasps> if we start from the <laughs> oh boy. Uh, uh yeah, no, this song was ridiculous. Uh and honestly, listeners, if you want to go through and dissect this uh full song, I will tell you it uh it doesn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I feel like the zoo is a metaphor for life of you're feeling trapped and uh, you know, you don't have any free will. Okay, uh, so so <laughs> Eiffel 65 can't just pick a random word, repeat it along with some other nonsense, and be like, oh, it's a metaphor for life. <laughs> it's like, That's twice they've done it. We fought for it with blue Eiffel 65, but this Zoom? No, 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 no. <laughs> and how dare you make it rhyme with blue? <laughs> yes, they have to do ooh sounds. <laughs> ooh. Now, all right, so i got great news for you, because... Uh, <laughs> they didn't make any more music. Bloom 06 was certainly struggling, but though, thankfully, Gabri decided to rejoin them and they had a reunion and they are reformed themselves in that, back in 2010. Gabri still does his own stuff, but now he's doing stuff with them. They're torn to this day. Um, and if you're curious uh, what Eiffel 65's latest track from 2016 sounds like, um, they sound like this now. This is called Critical. Tell me how I got this critical Somebody tell me cause I felt so wonderful Now I feel stuck in some kind of a true and show Magical, mystical, it became critical, 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 critical Okay, 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 yeah, hold on, Steve, hold on. Methinks I hath deduced this band's oeuvre. Call me crazy, I am the world's seventh greatest detective, but <laughs> it seems to me that their, their chief weapons are to pick a word, 
make it the title of their song, and repeat the word for three quarters of the music they prepared. But they, they, Steve, Steve, to give them credit, in this new song, they literally tripled the amount of syllables that they usually work with. But it still sounds yeah, like blue. And they, it sounds like a slower blue. Nick, it's like they tripled the amount of syllables, and then they tripled the amount of times they're saying the word. I mean, the amount of times I heard them <laughs> just say critical was, was <laughs> way overused. Doctor, my husband was in a terrible accident. What's his condition? Uh, why does he sound so upbeat about it? Oh, man. Nick, Nick, we, we just released our, our new movie, but uh, all these reviewers, they've, they're just being way too... Steve, you want to have a turn, too? I'm not going to lie. What I thought Nick was about to do was Mike was going to say, these reviews are too... <laughs> I'm disappointed in you, Nick. I'm a little disappointed in myself now, Steve. He's going to do it in post. <laughs> yes, I can never be clever in the moment, only in post. Nick, don't let Steve be so... I mean, so far, it's the most relatable song, actually. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot. But I will say, these guys are touring. They're touring right now. They're uh, Despite COVID restrictions. <laughs> COVID be damned. I was looking at their website. I went to the tour dates. And you're not going to believe this, guys. I think we need to buy tickets. Are they coming to New York? They're going to Canada. Oh. But um, they are touring. Oh, that's only a 10-hour drive. The playing at the same event is Aqua and Hathaway. I mean, I'm talking. Like, yeah. ta so it's that album. It's, <laughs> it's that the album, album I heard you were talking about, Steve. <laughs> in the infomercial at two in the afternoon. They're all on touring. a summer weekday. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, Yo, maybe road trip. Two, road trip to Europop trash. Two hundred bucks for the floor, floor standing room only, and uh, meet and greets. Okay, but if we skip the meet and greet, can we get tickets for like under fifty? Uh, or in Canadian dollars, two thousand. Yeah, they're in Canadian, so it's like Monopoly money right now, right? I think they're doing <laughs> fine. Shout out to our Canadian listeners. We got that strong U.S. dollar coming through right now, man. Ah. Uh, so Nick, yes, that is uh that is all of my Eiffel sixty five fun for you guys today. The only little additional code I wanted to say is that um, when Mike mentioned that this was the uh, song that we were doing, it did remind me that a band that I enjoy uh, recently did a cover of this song just to show that Eiffel 65 is still in certain parts of the zeitgeist. Uh, the band in question is a symphonic death metal band called Flesh God Apocalypse, who covered it because they are fellow Italians, uh, and it seemed like a good uh, little 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 ditty to cover. So here's a little bit of what theirs sounded like. Everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around Cause he ain't got nobody to listen
Not your jam? Sorry, my my ear my ear pods fell out of my ears for exactly thirty five seconds. What happened? Did I miss anything? Steve couldn't handle the brain melting awesomeness. That's fine. That's fine, Steve. Not everyone can. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so, and I, to be honest, I'd be curious to see. I'm sure a lot of uh, bands have covered this song. It's just so. I mean, it's 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 the Euro pop song. It is. Yo, Nick, just for shits and giggles. Now you want to you want. You want to hear it in Mandarin Chinese? I would love to. <laughs> so the yeah uh, the uh, and this is this is Mr. Jeffrey J himself singing this. Oh, the actual original. Art. This uh, this was for uh, for Iron Man three. He had to do this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm basically curious to see. Like, no, we're not touching the chorus, though. Yeah. Well, how would you translate gibberish? That's a valid question. Uh, I guess gibberish is universal. Also, I have no clue how good his Mandarin was. If we have any listeners uh, who speak Mandarin, let us know how how this this wily Italian did. I feel like that's that they don't go like they, the languages don't have a lot of similarities, but sounded vaguely legitimate to me. They are my favorite two types of food to order out, though. But combined, how many how many Chinese? Italian fusion restaurants are, are there, I wonder. There's got to be at least one in New York City. I mean, considering how much Chinatown's encroaching on Little Italy at this point, it's almost certain to exist. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, my God. Little Italy Chinese. is like a block now. I've had the, um, what is it, uh, Mexican Mexican Chinese fusion burritos? Like, ooh, that actually sounds good. <laughs> uh, just, how I, just how I expected this episode to end, with me getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> uh but I, I believe that is it in terms of uh versions of the song that I'm aware of. Nick, I love that death metal one. Yes, thank you Blisco. Thank you Blisco. Yes. I will purchase all of your products and become a cog in your your fantasy machine. Thank you Blisco. Uh Mike, is there anything else about Uh I mean, I'm I'm good unless we want to I mean, we start getting into the old wrap up here, Nick. <laughs> ah, the classic end segment, the old wrap-up. Uh, yeah, that's usually the part where I say, well, Mike, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. Or I guess in this case, uh, just reintroducing it, because I actually haven't listened to this song other than the Flesh God Apocalypse death metal cover in a very long time. So thank you for that. And thank you, listeners, for joining us this week. You can follow us on social media if you are not so already. What are you waiting for? Now's the perfect time. You're already on your phone, probably. Just if you're driving, please don't. But uh, it's at the Song Topsy Report. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, while you're going through all those social media accounts, you may as well look for me, too, Nick Brigadier. Uh, and, Mike, where can we find you? You can find me on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.D-O-T. And, uh, yeah, like Nick said, you know, check out our Instagram. Send us over some of your favorite songs uh, or suggestions of bizarre, noteworthy, bad music, uh, some fun stuff. 
Uh, yeah, and, uh, and, uh, for this week's poll, why don't you tell us, uh, what your, what color reflects you? Oh, excellent you, question, yeah. Yeah, and listen, you don't have to, you know, if you aren't green with envy, but God damn it, you reflect green, you go ahead and feel like a forest green person you are. You own it. You own it, yes. Um, uh, yeah, so... You're feeling fiery red. Are you uh are you a macaroni and cheese yellow? Are you a fiery or green? Not? Don't let what the actual color is fiery conform green. to your expanding interpretation of yourself. Ooh. And Steve, where can we find you? Uh you can find me definitely on not on those forums, but on Twitter and Instagram as your man Trollo, and on my personal website, steventrollinger.com, as well as all of our delicious, delectable, dappery, devilly productions. Yeah. Um, like I said, the uh most recent web series that we've been working on should be coming out. I'm trying to think if actually it should be at the time of this recording. So head actually Honest to God, head over to, to Dapper Devil Productions and watch a show about coworkers starring uh, Stephen Trollinger in several episodes. Starring is very strong. Well, it's word. a very short web. <laughs> like, listeners, it's five episodes. Right. It's probably like nine minutes altogether. It's fun. You can binge them all at once, and you get to see Steve being all harried and bad managery. It's wonderful. On on my resume, it is listed as a guest star <laughs> with special guest Stephen Trollinger. Special. Special guest. Mm. Just like you were a special guest on this podcast until like 10 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're part of the team. Welcome aboard, Steve. Uh, welcome, welcome. Let, let, you know, let's solidify right now. I think Steve's gone through the... <laughs> the, the hazing we've done. Well, the hazing. You're on, That's a hell of a ritual. You're on it's a 120 hell of episode probationary period. <laughs> but now you can finally finally become part of the team so welcome steve and on that wonderfully upbeat note thank you so much for listening this week i'm nick brigadier i'm mike russell and yes i'm going to the zoo and we'll see you next week take care They really don't stop saying zoo. <laughs> they don't. Oh.